Suns fans, you know what time it is in the PHX. Empire of the Suns. Suns. Phoenix Suns. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Try new Sonic cheeseburgers starting at only $3.99 for a limited time only at Sonic. Empire of the Suns. Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. I am Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Timmerman. What's up, man? Hey, uh, good New Year's. Happy New Year. Is it too late to do that? I don't know. It's the third. We had a running gag with Vogel where we kept saying Happy New Year to him. Um, on like the 31st and then the 1st we kept saying it, but it's, yeah, get over it, man. It's the third. Move on. It's 2024 now. We're experts on it. We Suns, are. Suns experts at at winning suddenly they've won four straight yeah we're recording this on wednesday afternoon hello hi how hope everyone's doing fantastic in your own right uh you and i are certainly doing better because this has been a much uh easier team to watch in the last couple of games that's for sure the dread of december however you want to put it just the way that they were playing in december it was just very uninspiring it was very blah to watch and on both ends of the floor, and it just didn't seem like they had a lot of um, gall to them, to them, you know, yeah. in, in December specifically. But um, January, turning the page, Kevin, we're turning the page. And we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon before the Clippers game. And if you listen to last podcast, this is when the schedule really picks up. I believe, as Zach Lowe said on his podcast, the end of this homestand it is 11 of 14 on the road i didn't mention that part last time so not only is this a challenging bit but they're also on the road not going to get into that though we're going to get into the last three games hey the big three was out there we got two legitimate looks at them and then kevin durant uh tweaked his right hamstring there was some thought uh on monday afternoon on the second game of back to back he had played I think 39 39 41 in 43 minutes in Something the like last that, four yeah. games and they didn't have like more than a day off in between so there was thought like oh okay this is just something he's been dealing with but also this is rest at the same time and then frank vogel rejected that notion and then we were kind of in wait and see mode like okay is this going to be a thing on wednesday it is he's out um i think it was book today it might have been yesterday or two days ago i can't remember exactly just something to the extent of like yeah he did some really heavy lifting early on in the season so him getting a couple of games here makes some sense uh it doesn't seem like a something to worry about it is more one of those not precautionary but just hey hamstrings are serious they're weird mm-hmm. and if you don't take them seriously or you play someone a game early all of a sudden out six weeks out eight weeks it's it's like groins it's like a couple of other different injuries that we've talked about but we should talk about how they looked on the floor what did you think of beal booker and durant together for those wins against charlotte and orlando i think just the i it's not anything surprising but the floor spacing is just visually more striking i guess is the word when you watch it and it everything just looks 10 times easier more spaced out um and that's when like the eric gordon's the grayson allen's and their their i guess do you call it gravity if it's like pulling people out beyond the three-point line is just really standing out and 
that's when you see how easy it is for the big three to score off that as well. So I just think just like the visual aspect of the offense was just completely night and day when you have three of them. Obviously, like, were they shooting like 60% or around 55 to 60 for like a game and a quarter or a game and a half or something. Um, it was just everything's coming easier. And that's right what we expected. Like it was going back to the preseason game against, I know it's the Pistons, but like that one, what part, part of a quarter first preseason game when those guys were together and they shot like 70%, it was kind of similar to that. And you look at, like people have started to put out lineup data for the full year and obviously it's not the big three but even the book katie gordon um grayson allen nurk lineup is what top three or four in net rating so if you assume like okay we're replacing eric gordon with bradley beal that probably shouldn't fall off especially offensively defensively it probably won't fall off too bad either and suddenly you are looking at one of the best lineups in the nba and eric gordon's coming off the bench and can swap in there so i think that's the biggest thing is just like okay we see how complete this team is and now we get into well i'll ask you how how you saw the big three before we get into the lineup shuffling and all that stuff that's gonna we had the discussion last week about it it needs to end probably soon, but now it's like, okay, if you have the big three, do you do that? Um, but I'll, I'll go back to what did you see out of the big three as far as big takeaways? So against Charlotte, 25 combined assists for them. Out of the 34 assists that the Suns had on 46 made baskets, they shot 62%. That's a pretty ridiculous offensive night against Davidson University, let alone the Charlotte <laughs> Hornets. Like, I'm not... I don't want to sit here. I don't think we should sit here and downplay like, oh, it was just the Hornets or whatever. It was it was absurd. And after that game, it was like 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever. But the big three's assist percentage when they were on the floor together, like the team's assist percentage was 85, <laughs> which is just insane. But then the Magic come out, and whether that's something they saw on the data, on film, something that they scheme normally – they were mostly okay with not helping. Mm -hmm. And so what happened is they shot 50% with only 21 assists against the Magic, which is really impressive considering that from three, they were eight of 27. So they were really knocking down their twos. Beal was 10 of 13. Durant was 12 for 21. Booker was 7 of 17. And the turnovers remained low throughout. They had six turnovers against the Magic. So when the Magic didn't press up on them and do some crazy stuff like they... They played at the level, they did some traps, they did some zones that like brought two over and that kind of stuff, but they didn't do it nearly consistently enough. And we just saw the dividends of that and the benefits of it is that the Suns are just not going to turn the ball over, really, in those kinds of positions. And I thought that Yusuf Nurkic was the biggest benefactor of it because that Hornets game, he goes 10 for 13 from the field. He scores 24 points without a three, by the way, four, four for four from the line. Uh, and then that next game, he was 8 for 17. So back to that like little around 50% shooting that we expect from him. But they were looking for him constantly. And they're finding their sweet spots with him within like 8 feet or whatever. Like they know now if they get him the ball within 8 feet, he's going to create an advantage. Now is going to go in every time. Um, no, and that's a really interesting thing. And this is not, I'm not doing the trade thing, but it's really fascinating because DA was like the... Okay, 8 to 12 feet, how is he going to get closer? What is he going to do? But if he gets there or if he gets to the hook shot, it's going to go in. 
Nurkic is like, if he gets the ball there, it's like, okay. He can find. He can just send that dude into the third row. Yeah. But the, is a shot going to go in right yeah. next to the rim? I don't know. Um, so it's been really interesting to watch that. But he's getting the ball there. And, like, they were looking for him constantly after that Charlotte game. Um, I tried to, like, look up passing data even to, like, see if there was, like, corollaries there or whatever. There really wasn't. But uh, I thought it was interesting. I think Bradley Beal is starting to look like Bradley Beal. Yeah. Uh, the I believe it was the Orlando game where it was, like, KD was pretty good for, like, this small stretch of the game. Bradley Beal was pretty good for this small stretch of the game. And Book was pretty good for this small stretch of the game. And when you hold a team to 107 points and you have those three offensive talents, that's all you really need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was good. I thought defensively, especially in the Orlando game, I thought that that was maybe the best defensive game that either guys played Booker or Beal. I would have to go back and watch Booker. I know Beal specifically was really doing a lot, and like, and it's a s- smaller sample size with the games he was playing. But I thought Book as well was really getting after it defensively, and that's where you hope again. There's three of them now. They can take less stress off of their offensive workload and then take it over to defense, where I expect all three of them to be better, uh, specifically Booker. Uh, We can actually pivot from bench guys and talk about Book for a minute, just because he's he's had a... Let me me think of how to say this. Be careful. He has had a a normal two weeks. Yeah. He has had a normal all-star level two weeks here is shooting percentages and the amount of field goal attempts for him in those games so he goes 10 to 14 on december 8th against the kings 12 for 23 against golden state and then 9 for 15 against brooklyn he is a guy who if he spends more than two games more than a game in a row not shooting 50 percent, you're like what's wrong with him <laughs> so here we go 26 field goal attempts 42 percent uh 24 42 percent 25 44 percent 20 45 percent 14 43 percent 19 47 percent 18 56 percent 17 41 percent and then 16 25 percent he's just been like average to what he is essentially if that Mm -hmm. makes sense because he is usually otherworldly with his efficiency because i see just a lot of people um, there's a lot of conversation around him right now and how he is playing. Not a ton, but there's just people just being um, underwhelmed by him over the last couple of weeks, I guess. I personally haven't been because guess what? Uh, the turnover numbers have gotten pretty darn good over that stretch. If I go over the turnovers of those games specifically, um, he had three and five, the five against Washington. But once they started to figure some stuff out, one zero three four two one two, which is right around where he should be. Um, not necessarily should be actually, but where you want him to be because the assist numbers seven seven ten seven seven five six, and that's with a lot of hockey assists because of how they're rotating the ball right now. I think that he's been good. The one thing that I wrote about, I briefly mentioned in a recap somewhere during the lull of December, was that defensively he had just regressed, and I expected him to be just at, at least as good as he was last year, and I think that's going to round itself out here in the second half of the season. Yeah, uh, a couple points on that. Just, I mean, the the shooting night against um, the Blazers. Obviously, people are coming off. We're coming off that game. Like, I think as just mechanics were there. Maybe he doesn't have the same zip. Like, people are suspecting he's injured or something. But I don't know. It's like with this team, especially, you would think they would just shut him down if he has a minor injury at all <laughs> so i don't think it's that like no, they're he's, finding he's not hurt he's not moving that way at all yeah they're they're not finding any 
they're finding reasons to sit guys so they would find it on him probably um but yeah i think it's just bad shooting night and he is like again i i think the the big three coming together and the role players being healthy and all that is going to help to your point defense being played but also just like the numbers are going to go down because like they've it's been i don't know seamless is too strong of a word but the how the offense has operated in the two games where the big three were there was pretty darn good for not playing a lot together and like there's going to be some nuance and learning each other in in really tight defensive against really tight defensive coverages but like those three guys like we thought kind of just slide in and fit and they've moved the ball really well and i think the biggest part of that has been the turnover numbers for book and KD where just you don't need to make these home run passes or force things or like the, the spacing is entirely different. And that's why I think it's just gonna fix the turnovers. Um, and then the turnovers not happening and the shots going in is definitely going to help fix the defense to some degree. And again, the defense has had good moments, where I think I saw someone said they're approaching top 10. I haven't looked today myself already. Um, that's still, we're early in the season. But when we talk about the defense, the real issues were the spurts of bad play, just straight up bad play. And um, I think you can you can easily get rid of that once you get your legs, once you have your full rotation, and you're not turning it over and you're making shots. So for me... Um, all these things are kind of intertwined and that's why it goes from like after christmas day like the sky is falling to where we are today which is okay like they're they're fine they're fine um three game stretch upcoming here though we'll see it's going to be good testing because i think again the facing like elite offensive players is really going to show um how crisp their defensive rotations are um i'm trying to think if it was the orlando or portland game where like vogel was doing an basically they were switching everything except for nurk who was in there with some bench guys and it was more of a small rotation or small lineup excuse me um so like they've been working on things here and there just like peppering in new coverages peppering in things against teams that they don't need to be doing this stuff with exactly but just doing it to i would assume practice it and get used to it and learn and get better working together in those situations so this is where this three game stretch is where you apply things and i think that's where the four game winning streak was just like okay settle things down and here we go um going into tonight against the clippers let's play a game are you ready Mm -hmm. so what i'm gonna do is i might be ready i don't know to go off the rotation six guys oh yeah six guys this game yeah i think eric gordon and grayson allen like i asked vogel before the portland game is grayson kind of like solidified himself as the fifth starter and he said for now Mm -hmm. didn't want to go too definitively in concrete with his answer but we did expect that to kind of be a shuffling spot it it honestly just can't be because grayson is so good for the offense he's been so good overall that guess what kev tonight's not going to go well (laughs) he's going to try his best to guard paul george or james harden and it's going to be tough it's going to be really challenging like the teams with size Harden not a 6'9 wing, but he's a big strong dude. And teams with those guys, it's going to it's going to be challenging for him. So tonight is going to be I'd put him on Harden though. Tough for him. Yeah. Um but he's just got to stay in for now. 
Okay. We got six guys. Grayson is with the starters. Mm-hmm. And then Eric Gordon off the bench. Yep. Tell me oh. if these guys, you can rule them out of the playoff rotation already. Okay. Like definitively. They will not. Oh, no. This is hard. You ready? Yeah. Josh Akogi. No. That one's that one's easy. Chimezi Metu. No. I agree. Kata Bates Diop. He hasn't really been bad. So Kinda no. Disappeared for a bit. Yeah. Are you a no? I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. I think it's a bad sign that he's not playing right now. Yeah. Yuta Wadnabi. No. You can asterisk that with he needs to play like five minutes or ten minutes here or there in like a game or two in a series to just mess someone up defensively and get them worried about something that maybe they shouldn't be worried about, but they would be. Does that make sense? They need a bigger wing who can defend and knock down shots, and it's he's the closest thing they got. Yeah. Um, just because of the shooting issues for everyone else, but the problem is Yuta himself. He is needs not to play better defense. Well. His defense is my problem, but I don't. Even I think care his about defense has been fine enough for his shooting to hang, but it's just he can't. He's got Dragon Benderitis, where he just can't stop making mistakes on the floor. Yeah, it's like when you are a guy who barely touches the ball, you just can't make that many mistakes. It's like the fouls and the getting very the, targeted, the bad turnover over yeah. there. Like it's just it just can't. Yeah, happen. I I believe no. This is going to be a terrible... Um, yeah. Go but ahead. But we go from there. Uh, I was going to say he's... Jordan this, Goodwin. Before we move on, he's like going into Andy Isabella's space for me, where it's like, that's an insult Arizona fans would understand that, but like guy who will make defenses very much worry and have to game plan around, but you can't have them on the court. I think, I think the problem is, is through his shooting, he had to prove it first and he hasn't proved it. Yeah. Teams were leaving him open at the start of the year. Anyway, they heard about the 57% from the corner and they're like, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, Go ahead. that's true. And he didn't make the shots. Um, who did I say? Jordan Goodwin. Goodwin. No, but he no. hasn't that. He kind of lost for a few games to Saban Lee is a little concerning. Bull bull. I'm st- oh, coming off the bull bull game. If, I, if they're playing a set rotation to begin a playoff series, is he in it? No. Okay, you can rule him out then, so the answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. I would agree Sorry. with yes. Um, encouraging to see him just have an energy spark kind of game. Because mm-hmm. I think ultimately right now, the captivation with him, the mesmerizing potential that he has, that stuff isn't really applicable to this year. It's more, can you be an energy guy with how big and athletic you are? Yeah, it's and a good sign. Game. It's a so good we'll, sign for his. They they told him like this is what you got to do, and it's Shemezi yeah. Metu could hit enough threes, and they were like, we need athletes, we need size. Yeah, so we got him. And out there. by the way, the Shemezi Metu Bobo lineup in the in transition, like it's yeah. great for the length and stuff. And if they play good defense, it's there. But they got in transition, and that's scary. Sabinly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Nothing that he did wrong, but it's just, no. it is what it is. Uh, Azubuki. Ooh, he's now the backup center. He's the backup center, so uh, no. I say yes. Do you think Eubanks gets it back? Drew Eubanks. Uh, I'm going to say no, but 
he needs to like show something no but it's i'm not as definitive as i should be he's gonna have one or two more chances over a couple of games and if it doesn't go well again then that'll change our answer and then nas little uh and damien lee are the last two guys no and no i agree on no and no point of that was to show there's still a lot left to figure out in terms of who's on the outs yeah because it feels like drew eubanks you to Watanabe, never going to see the floor again. This is it. They're going to stick to their guys. Like, no. That, so he's going to continue to mix guys in. There's a lot to figure out. Right now, if I had to guess, here's a problem. Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon have not become... They're, they're not redundant, and I thought they kind of would be redundant. Yeah. Uh, so they both need to play quite a bit, and Grayson especially needs to play a lot. So now you're scrounging to find minutes for a defensive stopper. That's Josh Akogi right now. Um, and then you have to play someone bigger. And so we're at seven. And that's where Chemezi Metu is slotting in right now. Eight. But if you're playing, like, who's guarding Michael Porter Jr.? Who's guarding Brandon Ingram? Who's guarding Paul George? Who's guarding Kawhi Leonard? Who's guarding LeBron? Like, that, that's, that can't all be on Kevin. Yeah, it all can't be on Kevin unless it's just going to be, and that's how this team is going to wind up shaking. So I still think that there is a Katie Bates, Diop, Udawat, Nobby, Nas, Little thing somewhere in there. Um, and then you're not even accounting for the backup center right now, which I think is eight. which I think is buyout guy. I think yeah. you just have to hold out hope that there's buyout guy there. There's a rule where it can't be someone who's like. I think Mark's had the number. It's like twelve million or something. But someone on like a very bloated salary that gets waived, they can't get. But if they get like if someone gets waived because of their makes, like, tax situation, tax stuff. But yeah. if they, someone gets waived who's on the minimum who wants to go to a better situation or whatever, they can get that guy up. Yeah. Um. And and they need someone like that to uh, become available. Maybe they can use their seconds or swaps or whatever to get someone again who's just like a reliable backup center at this point who's on a decent deal who's on like a rental or yeah. whatever. That, that kind of thing shouldn't be too difficult to find. It's never difficult to find uh, in this league because we looked at Drew Eubanks on Frenzy Day. But then he just, the, the player he was in Portland, he hasn't been here. And that's all that that's all that really is to it. I think that the Okoye Goodwin thing is the most interesting part of this entire um, and where I was getting to because okay. I think that there's just one spot there. I, I think both can't play because they're too small then. Because again, Gordon and Allen, they're going to play a lot. And the problem is neither guy is hitting shots. Yeah. Uh, Akogi is shooting 25% from three. That is the lowest number on the team right now. And then Jordan Goodwin is at 29.5%. He was actually around a respectable mid-30s point where you would take it. But then he had a really rough December, uh, and then it went from there. But there's still those possessions where Akogi's out every game, where Akogi's out there and they just leave him. And, yeah. and the ball gets to him, and he's shooting it or... He's doing a good job of driving more, and that's where yeah, the, like last year, yeah. the, the spacing is going to help him at least. Like He can do enough, and that's where I honestly... Free idea, Frank Vogel. I'm still on this from the offseason. Use him in screen actions more, and then you don't... You use him as a role man, basically, and then you're spaced out the rest of the, the court. I realize that's harder with Nurkin, but if you're going small, like that's possible, and just... I don't know. There are creative ways to kind of hide the lack of a shooting. And and if it's only one guy and you have the other, what, four or three of the other four sh- really good shooters out there, you're fine. So, or at least fine, not not great, but you're fine. Uh, we didn't even talk about him yet, and I just saw his name. And we have to shout out Nurk. He's been really, yeah. really good for like you a, did mention a month him and a half now. 
I think I did mention him. But, I've been mentioning him on the podcast, but I need to keep mentioning him because he's yeah. been very good. Him straight up with the trade is a win now, and then you throw in Grayson. Like, it's a landslide trade for them right now. Um, Nurk's got to stay healthy. Um, he has to stay healthy right now because he has been a guy who has been plagued by injuries in the past. And the point of the conversation we were just having was, okay, now that this team is healthy, what are the rotation battles, things to watch outside of the big three? For me, um, it's backup center, and can anyone sort of challenge? Is that where Metu ultimately is Metu ultimately going to settle into this role right now, which is coming off the bench as a four, you're throwing a five out there, but then I'm playing some four, some fives that night. It's been really cool to see them kind of yeah. naturally put that in the rotation. Credit to Vogel and his staff for doing that. But then I think that there is a Josh Akogi or Jordan Goodwin thing going on, and then there is a Wendu, KBD, Little, and Watanabe get their chances, and how do they take advantage of them? Because Metu coming in and playing good basketball has left... Uh, there was this opening there. Those guys could kind of get in. He could switch and swap. But now it's like, no, you just got to play Metu because he's playing really well. Yeah. So those little uh, advantages or, or little opportunities are even smaller um, right now. And, and that's really where it's at. Backup point guard, that's not even like a discussion. But it's mainly those three uh, kind of things specifically. Uh, because Azubuki, I should say, in the rotation has been playing well. Mm-hmm. But there's just like limitations there. From a, it, It's one of those things where if someone picks up three fouls and you're playing Jokic, get, get him in there, bang Jokic around for five minutes. Just rebound and run. You can get him in there now for that, which is good to know uh, for the future. Yeah. I will say, uh, go look. I I don't remember even what games Nurk missed for the uh, personal reasons, but those were bad defensive games. And so he, I think that kind of showed me like, oh yeah, he's, he's stabling that, stabilizing that on the backside, at least um, the minutes he's in and and that's something that you got to shout out because that's super important and and part of like adding him was he's not a bad defender he just you know is limited physically so his yeah. output is like the team to me where you're getting out of this world offensive mm-hmm. production from him and if the defensive stuff is passable then tremendous yeah and that's where he's at uh all right we got to run uh one thing i did want to say is i'm going to use my one time for the year where i say if there's one story i'm super (laughs) excited about that i want you guys to read it'll be the one coming out next week it'll be on a tuesday or wednesday i got to sit down with you and figure out what they're doing with cardinals and stuff and when we should plan it out best but there's like a little lull in there i got i'm going to have i have five of the six guys already that i've talked to for the story uh it is those five guys um minus nurk uh and then a special guest consultant which i'm very excited for and i'll leave i don't know that. that i don't even know what that is well you're you're gonna is it just gonna you out. turn it in and nope, i'm not edit. telling you okay. you don't get to know either just like <laughs> them but i hope you guys read and i hope you guys enjoy it uh, really appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast or reads the tweets or whatever but the writing is what you and i care about the most and whenever we have stuff we're excited for people to read we want as many people to see it as possible because we work so gosh darn hard on on this stuff (laughs) hey how about them cats bear down baby going to the big 12 with momentum let's not talk about that stanford game right what stanford game bye everyone